Hey, wonderfuls, welcome to episode 463 of the JV Club with my tremendous guest, Dessa. I had the absolute honor of getting to know Dessa on the Joko cruise and just could not think more of her. I am sure if you're not familiar with her, you will feel the same very swiftly and should absolutely check out everything, all things Dessa. So enjoy the episode and I will talk to you next week. Medium, how are you? <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> I yeah. just, I mean, I didn't, I have not had the, the last few days that you have had, uh, but I, I did not sleep last night. I just had one of those like, yeah, like fall, great, like fell asleep, great, knew I had to get up at six, it's 10 o'clock. I was like, I'm going, I'm rolling in, fell right to sleep. And then at two, I woke up and I'm not sure I slept after that. Ooh, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. One of yeah. those. One of those. How about you? Poor uh, tired? I am not a fantastic sleeper, I would say, even just in kind of ordinary times. Just not yeah. as good as it used to be. I think as a kid, I was I was game crushing, just uh-huh. slaying it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get out the way. Um, yeah. But yeah, as an adult, I'm not, it's not a skill I possess anymore. So like you, maybe I, I end up waking up. A lot in the middle of the night and then going to great lengths to try to fall back asleep. So there's a lot of self-hypnosis. There's a lot of counting to 10 a thousand times or whatever. There's a lot of imagining that I'm on a staircase. Like, Ooh, imagining. I haven't done the imagining I'm on a staircase. Maybe I need to get ready to, to have your do, world Doing some steps. <laughs> <laughs> you essentially, it sounds like I'm getting very fit while I'm trying to fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, totally. My, like, uh, my glutes and my dreams are just, you know... <laughs> Hashtag yeah yeah i i've been trying so hard to do the the focus on your breathing but for anyone who's like gone through panic attacks or anxiety that Uh is a great idea and it sometimes works but also sometimes if you're prone to anxiety if you're only focusing on your breathing unfortunately it doesn't take you down the meditation road it takes you down the like wait can i breathe though wait am i breathing yeah. i guess i'm breathing this feels weird are my lungs normal am i a person what's humanity yeah, exactly like that. it just very quickly do- does that so i might be more of a i probably should like put on an audiobook or something and instead i very stubbornly tried to focus on my breathing and lost all sense of myself as human <laughs> do you ever just like get up and do the thing where you're like you know what i'm not doing right now i'm not sleeping so i'm gonna get yeah. up and do other things that have to be done and then i will sleep when i'm tired do you ever do that or no I think it takes me too long to admit. Most yeah. of the time it takes me too long to admit that's real, yeah. like that's really happening. And yeah. so there's a lot of like crunching my eyes closed and like pour putting something over my, my eyes. Head, like, yeah. no, I need a heaviness on my eyes that will force them closed. And because I don't have like my, like Brandon, you know, Brandon, he has like that great second sleep capability where he'll fall asleep early and then he'll wake up organically at like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Just read. He'll just read and have some ideas and take some notes, and then an hour and a half later, fall asleep and wake up at whatever time and feel rested. For me, that interrupted sleep—it's almost like even if I get you know mm. eight hours of sleep, but there were two or three hours of awakeness in between, I might as well have gotten 
you know, three hours, four hours of sleep. What does him like it's not, getting up at two have anything to do with you also getting up? To no, bed? no. I'm. I don't. In fact, I usually sleep pretty well. I usually sleep pretty well unless I go through a phase where all of a sudden I'm sleeping, and it's usually about something. Okay. Uh, so what was it about? Can, Let's do this. Let's get into it. Oh, I don't I'll know get your into name. it. Name. What's wrong with you right now? Right now, my middle name is Maureen. Okay. I here's what I think it is. This is a super downer for a mm. semi up to down anybody. It could be anything anyone wants podcast. Mm. Uh, certainly not. Does not have to be humorous. But um, I think it's because I have to go. I don't have to. I made the decision to go to Tucson, which is where I'm from. Mm. Uh, it'll be great to see my dad. That's something that I had wanted to do earlier in the year and hadn't done yet. But it's also where the storage unit is, where my mom's stuff is. Mm. And she died a year ago, February. And I've already been there once and started to go through stuff. And, you know, it was okay. You know, it was part of the same weekend in October where I finally did, like, you know, a, a in-person celebration of life thing. And so you have, I don't know, have you lost anyone, like... Not as close as my mom. Yeah. yeah. This is my first, like, real, you know, you, my grandparents were both very old when they died and it's yeah. you sort of get your condition even as a kid that that's going to happen and I've lost friends but never a parent and so there's these rolling waves of like after that weekend I got a lot done and I saw a lot of my mom's family and I felt lighter and I really felt like oh now and I think I've I've moved on to a certain new point of grief and I think knowing that I have to go back and mm. continue doing that unfortunately I don't feel like, you know, that's okay because I'm on this new plateau where I'm okay with it. I think probably that's not how grief works. And so I'm still having this like, oh, right, you know, every, you know, she didn't live in the same city as me. So I don't have that. I'm not confronted with her, with mm. her absence in the same way I would be if we talked every day on the phone, like some friends of mine who've lost their parents, which just seems absolutely unbearable. So when something is right in front of me and I've had a break from it from a minute, which I have, uh, I think the kid in me just is like yeah. climbing back up to the surface going like, no, 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 I don't want to, ha- I don't want this to be real. I don't want to have to deal with it. Do you, are, you so going, are you actually that. going to the space? Do you know? Going to the space. Yeah. And yeah, it's really hard, you know, it's, but it's, I mean, it's lovely, but you just never know with grief. You just never know what you're going to be okay with from one day to the next. You know, I could go there one day and just be shattered by everything I touch and I could go there the next day and just feel fondness and like love and cherish and you know hold things and or just feel like ah she didn't you know none of this makes sense to keep and get rid of it like you just I just don't feel like I have a, there's no roadmap for when mm. you're gonna feel what you feel so a part of it is probably that like I think I was way more anxious about you know like going to do the the celebration of life and then right. once it was happening it was wonderful so. I wish I didn't like future surf so much. Do you do that? Do you tend to like sort of project ahead into? Yeah. I mean, there was like, a, I remember coming across a line in a Philip Lopate essay and I'm going to, I'm going to mangle, but it was something like, mm, the present is okay. Like as long as it doesn't cut into my worrying or brooding time, you know, just oh like God, very, totally. I'm a, I'm a fleeting visitor to wherever my body currently is. Yeah, <laughs> And I don't know. I think, I think when I was younger, I thought that was like evidence of some, artistic sensibility and maybe it still is but it's not as cute so that's definitely <laughs> something that i've been trying to 
I don't know. Yeah. Not eradicate. I think that's genuinely like part of my personality, but trying to limit yeah. a little bit. Like, yo, today's good though. Like, yeah, next uh, Tuesday yeah. is going to suck. But like today's yeah. not that bad. And you didn't yeah. spend last Tuesday thinking about today. <laughs> so, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. So you were, this is something that you, were you that, you were that kid who sort of worried over stuff and kind oh, of God, like yeah. did- yeah. Yeah. Where totally. did you grow up? Uh, I, I grew up in I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And um, yeah, I think like the, the family kind of affectionate gag was that like I was kind of getting a head start on my midlife crisis at like eight, uh-huh. you know? <laughs> yeah. What about yeah. you? Were you I, and, and like manage. I mean, I wasn't like crazy neurotic. I wasn't like August and Burroughs or something, but but a little bit neurotic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't remember. I mean, I'm sure I was neurotic. I was definitely kind of a fearful kid. But, mm. um, but more, my parents would. I guess they would. They would sort of manage their own feelings about me crying a lot by being like, "Oh, Sarah Bernhardt," which, by the way, that's not like a topical reference even for them. Like, that's like a an actress from the silent Sweet. film, maybe, oh, okay. or like, do you know what I mean? Like, maybe one of their parents called them uh. that because that's what they knew when they were a child. Like, it is old, old, old school. And so I really had to, and for a while, um, when I got older, I misremembered and thought that they had called me Sandra Bernhardt, <laughs> which is like... That doesn't make sense Dude, that's at all. so funny. And, like, there is this total, like, generational roiling, like, frame of pop culture references. Like, I'm yes. pretty sure that the thing that I, I forbid I forbid it, don't I? Like, we always, I don't know what that is. I think it's a toothpaste ad from, like, 19, you know, <laughs> mid-40s or something. Like, definitely quoting shows that I've never seen and right. couldn't name. At my family right. table, for sure. Yeah. Mm. So I was more of a, I was more of a, a copious weeper, like... You know, mm. had to be let out of like children's movies because they were too upsetting for me. Are you still like that? <sighs> yeah, I kind of am. I mean, mm. I definitely get uh, fucked up by stuff that I'm. I know I'm supposed to. That's like a plot point that I'm supposed to accept and move past. <laughs> <laughs> and I get real hung up on it. What about you? Like in movies and in real life? <laughs> yeah. 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 When was the yeah. last time you cried? Oh God! I mean, I think I probably cried hours, days, weeks. What are we talking about? I didn't cry this morning. I definitely woke up yesterday morning like and those are the really hard dreams I woke up like my body felt like it was about to cry just even when I opened my eyes because because I've been having a dream about my mom and uh, and so I will say and I think I did shed a few tears almost like wringing a washcloth like the feeling was so strong that I was like I I guess I'm crying now (laughs) like let me let me milk out the tears so that that feeling goes away Mm. and you um, okay, so I would say it's been a few days at least, but in part, I feel like it's a non-representative sampling because I've been on tour and I try yeah. to be too tough to cry on tour at yes. least when I'm sharing like sharing a hotel room with other bandmates because that's just a bit much. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that's not cool. Yeah. So, so I've been putting yeah. on a brave face. But yeah, I would say within the past couple weeks. You get it. You get it. I get it. How I did it. you feel coming home from Joko Cruise? Um, mm. For those of you, I forget that there's an audience, but for those of you who do not know how Dustin and I met, it's because we were on the famed uh, Joko Cruise together. And that's a very special time and is sort of a nice hovering above your life thing for many of us and mm. coming back home. Uh, but you guys just kind of, you turned it around real quick and went on tour, right? 
Yeah. So, so you know, the Joku Cruise, which happened, that was my first meaningful performance on a boat. So I, I admit that for the first day or two, it was like just grappling with a little, embracing for the land sickness, which I knew I have. Like I, I've spent a little bit of time on boats before. I'm like, I don't get crazy, crazy, crazy seasick. And that's not true. I some I infrequently get crazy, crazy seasick on the boat, but after I step off it, I, I feel the world wobbling beneath me a little bit. So yes, indeed. Yeah. For so for me, anyway. I mean, the Joko cruise was was embedded in a longer tour, so it wasn't as much of a respite. You you know what I mean? It was a crazy yeah. one week like um, venture into a a world that was really different than the world that I usually kick it in. You know. Yep. Same. Yeah, but I think I think to be honest, I'm probably still processing some of those moments. Yeah, yeah, it's like it. I got home from the Joko Cruiser after that, like proper tour had ended, and was just like, I have so many questions about culture, which I think, <laughs> I think right now is like a top of mind at all times for me. So like, no matter what happens, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you you drop your toothbrush. It's a I'm filter like, I have that so stuff. Questions is being about culture. Through. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. Yeah, but how? But how it permeates absolutely like the most minor human engagement, like how close we would stand, when we would nod, when we would tilt our heads. And I was aware of the fact yeah. that, like, yo, there are meaningful, tiny differentiators of, like, socialization, even amongst, you know, uh, all of us who've been raised probably fluent in the same language, you know, c- contemporaneously, maybe even yeah. from, like, shared regions of the country. Like, it yeah. is a wild, crazy world with um, cultures within cultures. Absolutely. Did you, so how how often are you on tour and when did you start Mm. doing that? When did you start going out and playing live shows and stuff? Like for me, it was kind of, yeah, for me, it was kind of late, like for, for a performing artist late, just cause like, I feel like everybody starts that stuff when they're knee high. It's like a violinist or something. You know what I mean? Like you start when you're a babe. Um, And Uh I didn't, I wanted to be a writer. And then I started performing cause I wasn't sure how to get like a foothold in the writing publishing world mm-hmm. or whatever so so your plan b was performing yeah definitely and well, i wasn't it wasn't even great. it wasn't even full formed it was just like you know it was like a rebound not a plan b it was like they'll was have like, me what else what else yeah, exactly. what else in Are the stand-up set of your life what else what hey, else is going on <laughs> look left look right that place is open so yeah <laughs> so i would say that the first like the first one that feels like pivotal though or connected to my career as opposed to like you know i was in a girl scout play or something was um was in slam poetry probably when I was like twenty so I was competing yeah. in a poetry slam yeah and that was the first one that I was like yo there's something here like this is this could be a thing yeah, yeah. so it really so it was yeah. it was it was still writing that sort of took you on to, into the performing aspect of it right and it was like if you can't get someone to sit down and read what you've written maybe you just have to stand up and shout it at them you know what for I mean sure, and lord over sure. them in a locked room so. uh-huh. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, first of all do Girl Scouts put on plays because I was not a Girl Scout and I didn't know that <laughs> God, no, I guess I don't know if that's like if my if my troop was just out there on some crazy shit. But yes, we put on a play in period piece. Like uh, oh. I remember there was a petticoat and I remember I was oh, kind wow. of into, and I wore a bonnet. Uh, oh, I'm pretty great. sure it was Laura Ingalls Wilder. OK, OK, mm-hmm. which I've never read and mm-hmm. I never saw the television show. And that is a swath of beloved yeah. stuff that. Like a lot of women that I meet from a lot of different age groups, actually, somehow they had they caught hold of that. And I'm just like, I don't I mean, I certainly know what Little House on the Prairie is, but I I absolutely have not ever read or experienced any form of it. Spoiler alert. She doesn't make it. Oh, boy. This is really, really, really bad news. But nobody does. 
<laughs> I mean, what, did you get into like Anna Green Gables or anything? Like, I feel like yes, there, I did. You I did. did. It's just, yeah, I feel like that's the, my little house on the prairie. I just went Canadian. It's that just kind of like collective fever dream of, you know, uh, um, frontiersmanship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Anna of, I guess that is Anna of Green Gables. I mean, she certainly lives on a farm, but she's so obsessed with kind of, you know, with art and with oh, performance true. and with poetry and with that's literature true. and stuff that. But I, but I don't know. You could tell me that the soon-to-be-dead character in Laura Ingalls Wilder mm. uh, also, like, you know, wanted to recite the Lady of Shalott. No, I think you're right. She's yeah. There's 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 more culture, right? There's more there's more like um, high culture and and arts and stuff in in Anna Green Gables. Maybe I'm just talking about bonnets. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm doing. I had to wear a bonnet for a big part of my childhood, and so it's a pain point. Wait, what? Are you serious? I did. It was really. I did. Tell and me everything. I was into it, but it's not. You know, it's not like a highlight. Um, I think it was like so. I grew up in Minnesota. My mom was from New York. She grew up in like the Bronx, and I think she had just like this very you know bucolic impression of what and the way that the way that a Midwesterner would think about New York, like all of that romanticism, but just like attached to different features of life and. So we, she turned our backyard into this huge garden and we were saving our seeds to travel like further down the Midwest to trade like heirloom seeds, tomatoes oh, that wow. we'd harvested and stuff. Okay. In retrospect, it's kind of hip. Like she was an environmental warrior. But in, yeah. you know, when you're eight, it's just like, I would love cable. <laughs> I would right. love to start there. Right. I don't want to play sod house again. I don't want to pretend we don't have electricity. Like we dyed Muslim in our backyard with beet juice, set it with vinegar, and made oh, our own quilts. My goodness. You know. Would you call your mom? Would she? Would you call her a hippie? Like was that part of the sensibility, or was it no. more homesteady, homesteady and less? It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't like let's go to the health food store. Or like I don't shave my armpits. Oh, I see. It was Which, like but, I do way, shave. I guess I, both of those could be. <laughs> I do shave my armpits, but we go to the health store because I'm a member of the board. Do you know what I mean? It was that vibe. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And do you have brothers and sisters? I have one little brother whose name is Maxwell, and he's my favorite person. Do you have any brothers and sisters? No, I'm an only child. Yeah, you have an only child vibe. I do. Uh-oh. Yeah. Did I I fuck up? No, not at all. I I just have an ongoing theory of of myself, not of you or anyone else, but of myself, that I can reverse engineer someone's vibe based on what I find out about them like oh, I sure. I feel like I could be like yeah you you do seem like you would have you would just be someone who had a little brother like oh. I would su- find some way to uh-huh. to validate that I think I probably do have a only child vibe. I see maybe I did that maybe I did that too well let's try to do yeah. it the other way let's try okay. to let's try to make a prediction and we'll see if it holds what should it be about uh great question something else besides uh oh uh, or your parents what you say your mom were your parents still together my parents, well, no, you have to guess. Uh, your parents. <laughs> is this cool? Is I'm this straight, cool I'm doing. <laughs> is this fun? <laughs> I'm doing already too much meta detectiving. Like, I'm in the Princess Bride. Like, okay, th- you said right. my parents. And the, the tone of your voice suggested right. to me that perhaps you were going to tell me that your parents didn't stay together. But maybe I'm overthinking it. And what you were about to say is my parents. And the fact that you said not my mom or my dad, but my parents means that you actually do have parents who stayed together because that's why you use the term parents instead of separating them between mom and dad. There was so, poison in both cups. <laughs> I guess I I guess I I guess I'm going to guess that your parents did not stay together, but 
it is purely only because you've only told me stories about your mom. Right. You're correct, though. I'm going to take okay. a Did your parents stay together? I'm going to guess no. Did they? They did not. Okay. Now let's guess how old we were. Okay. Okay. Uh, you were seven. You were 11. I was five. I was 14. Whoa! Flip flop. Yeah. Okay, okay. Flip flop, and also both wrong. Also, uh, let's also not e- not even an exact flip flop, like no. a kind of wide ranging right. flip flop. Just wrong, really. Yeah. yeah. Did you have a, a? Did your dad's? Was your dad nearby, or did you move? Were you in? Like, how did how did he fit in? Or oh, I'm supposed to be guessing. No, no, your no. Dad. This is too, yeah, no. This is too much. <laughs> I'm getting a B. A B. A B. A B. Um, my dad did stay nearby, and then my mom moved to a neighboring state. So near enough to drive to, but not easily. Or, but you know, a trip. Okay, yours? so near enough to drive to your dad to see him, or near enough to visit your mom to see her. Ooh, a third weirdo choice. But of course, I was like, you know, now I'm in my middle teens and stuff. So I was initially doing the flip-flop thing between two houses when they were still close. Then when my mom moved to Wisconsin, um, which is the right-hand neighbor of Minnesota, when she did that, I would stay in her house half the time alone and half the time with her when she came back. Okay. Mm. Wait, where was she going? To trade seeds? That sounded... uh, more diminishing <laughs> and condescending than I meant it I to. I, it. Ju- I literally meant it what as was I the said plan? it. So she was kind of starting another house, like another life in Wisconsin, but came back. So essentially like... I got it. Okay. Mom, like, yeah, it's almost like I was the parent in the divorce where the... Yeah. <laughs> where mom, would, mom would bring her toothbrush on over to visit me. Yeah. <laughs> and does that mean that you were... Hmm. in charge of your little brother? How much younger is he than you? He is five and a half years younger. So... Okay. Not really. Was he, he going back and forth with her or were you? He was flip-flopping with... between mom and dad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And I bailed on that plan for a while. Although me and my dad have since reconciled and are in a good place. Um, I was, yeah, I, I'm not even like, I was, I don't want to throw my own self under the bus. I think I was kind of, I think I had some good ideas as a teenager, but I was also very hard to raise. So mm. were you hard were to you, raise or like, were you easy? Oh, I, th- I think my, my mom would say it was impossible to raise and my dad would say I was extremely manageable and Ooh. Uh, a good kid. Yeah. Mm, mm, that's um, complicated. Yeah. I'm, I'm, are you are you more like one of your parents than the other? Or do you feel like you're sort of split down the middle or are you like neither of them? I think for in, a, in ways that you can identify. Yeah. I was going to say, I think for a like, big chunk of my life, I was very similar to my da- to my dad. But now I feel like I'm more my own person. Yeah. Yeah, what about you? I'm also similar to my dad, which I think is why, like, the experience that he had with me was like, I know what to do with this. Yeah. Totally. I recognize these traits. And my mom was like, who is this child? <laughs> like, Right, right, right. What do I, how do I, do, what do I do with this? Nothing that I would naturally do to, like, fix this problem is what she would expect or want or, you know what I mean? Which is yeah. the same reason, I guess, my parents, their marriage didn't work out. Did um, they stay close or were they? Uh, yeah, they were, like, three and a half miles apart from each other. My dad yeah. had primary custody. Um, so with your mom and kind of the world that she was into, it's not, I mean, it's it's definitely dissimilar to my mom in a lot of ways, but my mom also, like, my, we didn't have a television. Yeah. Uh, when I would go visit my mom, there was no TV. There was, like, for a long time, there was no, like, you know, CD player or, like, cassette player or anything. Like, just there was, just, like, a radio that you could get, you know, some AM, FM on. And that I think that was part of it for me was, like, also, you know... Those things when you're younger, like they speak so much more to who you feel you are than, you know, other more subtle things. Because when you're a young person, 
you just want to have access to the stuff that your friends have access to. And so even just that alone made me feel like I can't connect with this person. Did you have that at all? Um, we So we did have a TV when my parents were together. We didn't have cable or anything, but there was a TV and both of my parents were musically inclined. So we did have music in the house. But like, I didn't know like who Molly Ringwald was, like even sort of like um, major players and like what would have been pop culture. Like I definitely knew who Michael Jackson yeah. was. Um, and I knew who like Tina Turner was, but also like Tina Turner is more of my you know parents' generation stars. So I think in a lot of ways, like, I have, in the course of my adulthood, like, relearned, like, who was popping in the uh-huh. 80s and early 90s just by, like, quietly Googling jokes that I don't get as my <laughs> friends pass them around the table, you know? There's some yeah. fun stuff to be mined from music in those eras, that's for sure. Totally. And in some ways, I feel like it's kind of easy to throw kids under the bus and be like, oh, you know, you're just, you want MTV or whatever, or not even, that, but, like, you, you want to have a CD or you want to have access to, to what's on TV. But, like, imagine as an adult, like, if you hadn't watched the news in three weeks yeah. and then went to an adult gathering and tried to have adult small oh, talk. God. Like you're totally fucked. You'd be so fucked. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And you're, and you're, you're saying Kiev the way we used to four months ago instead of the way that we all started, you know, when we were better educated last uh-huh. month. Like, so it, I feel like it can sort of like, um, I don't know. I, I'm sympathetic to the idea that not knowing like the latest Drake joint or whatever it is now, I don't even know. Like that that does have such so serious social ramifications yeah. in that tiny, like four foot tall culture. Okay, we're gonna take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Max Fun Drive is just around the corner. 2022. Starting April 25th, it's the best time of the year to support your favorite shows by becoming a Max Fun member or upgrading your membership. In just two weeks. We've got some great episodes and amazing thank you gifts in store. And who knows, maybe a few surprises. Don't forget bonus content. So make sure to tune in starting Monday, April 25th to get all the juicy details on what each show has in store. Actually, wait, what are the details anyway? And why are they juicy? That's kind of a strange adjective to describe What what was the music that your parents played, and and did that inform what you do now? I think a little, yeah. I mean, um, so you you said you had music at your dad's, right? Mm-hmm. Or no, yeah, okay. yeah. My dad's a drummer, so he was like, my dad was like ah. super t- super plugged into pop culture stuff, so it was very like disparate between the two. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um, my dad was a lutenist, so like a you know an Elizabethan guitar essentially um sure. as you to do as you and do. he would play like on an acoustic um guitar like a nylon string acoustic guitar he would play composers who probably know i still couldn't name but yeah. who's like melodic sensibility sensibilities i feel like it did get in there you know it's like smoke in the upholstery of my mind uh-huh. um <laughs> well said yeah just the the kind of like sad super sad chords and the the kind of shapes the falling shapes of melodies and stuff and the harmonies that were used like that's in there somewhere and then my mom it was like um Whitney and they both really love Michael Jackson Sade was a big one and my mom had this really really killer voice so she was always singing and um and then she would kind of 
in an informal way, just like encourage me to sing on to, you know, along to the radio too, but to like sing something that isn't in the song, you know, meaning, you know, oh, a country wow. melody or a harmony oh, yeah, or something. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, and then I always feel like I got extra credit, which is like, hey, you know, hey, that sounded nice. Like, so I, I feel like probably some of like, yeah, my, my experience as a vocalist was probably like driving around in the front seat or like doing dishes. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, I really, I, that's, I think that's a form of music education that is so different and so intrinsic and like intermeshed with, ev- with all of your core stuff in a way that like going and taking piano lessons maybe isn't or being in choir in school. It's just different, right? It's just a different experience of when music is personal, how it relates to the way you connect with your family. Like there's so many different ways to incorporate music into your life as performing it rather than listening to it, I guess I'm saying. But like the way that it sort of that it like embeds itself can can hit different parts, right? Depending on when and where it's happening. Totally. I mean, even just like sitting with a song and rewinding it to get all the words just right and know where they breathe, you know, the kind of stuff that you do when you're like a preteen. Like, absolutely. That's um, that's running scales. It's just for, you know, a different. Yeah. Like a, a a different in a different register, in a different direction. Yeah. What about you? Did you did you study with your dad? Did he try to teach you drums? Did you care for it? Did yeah. you love it? Did you hate it? He he definitely. I mean, I loved hitting on the drums. I uh, that was like my dad's thing. And so oh. I would you know, I, I had songs of his that he would like put on the stereo very loud. He had very large clips like speakers that were like as tall as I was when I was a kid. And um, and so I, I would definitely play along to that. But I started taking I took piano when I was really young and that didn't really stick. And then I started taking guitar, classical guitar, weirdly. So your dad and mm-hmm. I would get along. I started taking classical guitar when I was in fifth grade and I continued doing that until I went into high school. And then I just oh, utterly wow. dropped the guitar altogether. And then at some point, like towards the end of my senior year, I realized like, oh, wait, <laughs> you don't just have to play classical guitar. You could like play contemporary songs like I could get a, I could get a, a, a guitar that doesn't have nylon strings like that. Right. And it wouldn't sound all muffled when I tried to play like a chord of this, you know, whatever song. And so then I started I started like, you know, kind of playing around and like learning other people's songs and writing and stuff, but not in a way that I'm proud of the way I would be proud if I were you. No, uh, but I mean, like, so what does that mean though in your day to day now? Like, I mean, do you have a guitar somewhere in this closet that I can't see? I don't have a guitar in the closet. I have two guitars sitting out um, and I have a mandolin in the case that yes. I am so annoyed at myself for still not really getting ever playing. Me. Yeah, It's such a dope, weird sound. I love it. I know. I love it, too. And I was talking to I was actually talking to Jim Bodra about it on Joko and and conf- and I was telling him, like, I've, I'm so ashamed that I don't you know, I just haven't because every time I pick up the mandolin, I get frustrated because I. I, I keep trying to like, I you know, my brain, it's almost like knowing a language that's close to another language. Yeah. And it's totally. harder because there everything in uh. me wants to just play an E and like and Jim was like, no, that's very common. Like, that's very true of the mandolin. And he said, I, he said, I just at some point I figured out that all the chords are are backwards like you like I didn't know that which I I, and and honestly he said that and I was like whoa you've just changed everything for me and then I got home and was like I don't know how to interpret that into reality (laughs) I realize I don't actually know what that means it may not have helped me as much as I thought it was going to in the moment yeah (laughs) interesting yeah and so how often do you play guitar though like almost never 
almost never. Cool. <laughs> well, I know it's awful. Well, you got to get those calluses and like, I, you right. know, you got to grow those nails out. And also like I have all the shit happening with my neck. And, and that right. is it's actually weirdly difficult to like play an instrument for any length of time. Also, like, for, I mean, for as good as I play acoustical, I play acoustical, uh-huh. <laughs> I play acoustic guitar never, but like for all the amazing things that playing an instrument might do for your mind or for your spirit, like it can be shit on your body. Like it's yeah. just really rough, even in like halfway decent form. Like I, I was doing this tour where I was, um, I was just like an embedded correspondent. So I was just like writing. I wasn't, I didn't have any musical role, but I was an embedded writer with the Minnesota Orchestra on their tour of South Africa. And oh, they bring wow. a doctor with them because like the doctor, you know, without being told could tell what instrument you play because it's, there's like such oh, a, wow. you know, yeah, there's, there's such a signature injury for yeah. absolutely every role in the orchestra. Oh, God, that's crazy. Yeah. That's, I, I, think, I like, learned that the hard way with Henson puppeteers. Like I want, I really yes. thought for a second, like, oh, I want to be a puppeteer. Like I love puppetry. And yeah. you know, that everyone I know who is, works for Henson company is like the funniest, most great improviser. So I started taking lessons mm. and I was like, no, Mm-mm. Absolutely not. Like everything, it's rough on this your body. all just distorts. Yeah, like your neck and shoulder, whatever your dominant hand is, all of that gets like immediately fucked up. Yeah, I, I remember hearing that like whoever is the massage therapist, you know, yeah. for like a lot of the Broadway folks, like when somebody new came in, they could lay down on the table, and the massage therapist would know what role they played in The Lion King. I love what was these. Wrong with them. I love this, and I also love this because when you are in isolation with an injury, you go mm. to this place of like I'm old, I'm weak, I'm broken, you know, I'm not strong, which I guess is the same as same as saying I'm weak. But you, the sense of something being a fit, like failing something, or a sense of something being over because you're yeah, going totally. through something, and and so like. It's 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 so sad that I would need this much of a comparison, but it made me it always I would like force my physical therapist to say, like, please tell me about professional athletes that you've worked with who have like a recurring problem because they played so hard and were so good. Like just to feel like it comes from something. It comes from something you care about. It came from, you know what I mean? That kind of thing so that it doesn't just feel like you've lost something or you know, like you're like you're a different person than you thought. You're like, no, you're the same person. And part of being that person means that, you know, you go hard on this thing and you get hurt. And that's yeah, and, you totally. can ha- and you can have arthritis when you're 25. Like it depends on what you've done to your body. Totally. I See, because I go straight to like a moral realm. Mm. Like the reason that your shoulder is out of whack. Oh, sure. Is because of the bad life choices that you've made. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of, you, sh- you should have your, to bed It's your earlier. fault on a much deeper level than just Oh my the God. Activity. Yes. Like, you're not, motor- you know, you're you're allowing um, neuroticism to to tighten your entire frame and right. you're not drinking enough water and Which your entire is lifestyle is us. It can be helpful. True. Right. It can be helpful if you can, like, can recognize be. it and do something about it. But sometimes I think we just use that to punish ourselves further. And it's hard to suss. I mean, and in any given injury, like who's going to be able to tell you like this was 30 percent your lifestyle, 20 percent Catholic guilt and 50 percent user error, you know, like, right, right. And then some of it was just like that. You took a really hard hit. That would happen to anybody. Like, yeah, for me, it was always ballerinas. They were my go to like I was consoled. Yeah. Because like if yeah. you do it right. Yes. That's how your feet look at 30. <laughs> You're doing it right. You know, yeah. you've got trainers around the world. You've got perfect fucking form. Yeah. And you look like 
you know, you've you've been through like a pork grinder from Angle Down. <laughs> yeah. Just really rugged. Yeah. But that wasn't you. You weren't you weren't pork grinding your toes. You didn't do you didn't take did you take ballet? I, did, I, did, I mean as a as a as a tiny babe. No, yeah. for me it was more like on the Yeah, just being busted busted after tour. Um, you know, even just like the how sobering and somber it was to like, you know, the first time I'd be home. So you're not sharing a bathroom, you're not sharing a bedroom or whatever to like see myself undressed completely in front of the full length mirror for the first time since leaving. And just like the solar systems of bruises, mm. Mm. you know, and yeah. feeling rugged and looking rugged. Yeah. Um, yeah. And wondering like, I guess, okay. So part of it is like, am I messing up if I look and feel this way? Right. Um, but part of it is like, is, is that the only lens? Like you did something beautiful and yes. you took some hits. Yes. Yeah. But, and those two things are not, you know, th- those are, that's, that's related. That's related. <laughs> exactly. Not mutually yeah, exclusive not in any way. It's not yeah. incidental. Uh, right. Were you really hard on yourself when you were a teenager? You said you were a tough kid to raise. Were you like defiant about mm. that? And was that sort of like, were you creating the, like the cycle, like a cyclone of, you know, I'm a, yeah, like I'm trouble and I feel oh, troubled I and I'm trouble. And actually I am troubling people now. And that's my fault. Cause I'm trouble. I guess I'm a piece of shit and I'm trouble. Or mm. were you like, no, I'm great. I just don't agree with anyone. <laughs> like, oh, I see. How, how did that manifest itself as a, as being a tough kid to I to like raise? the way that you describe that cyclone. I mean, I, I hadn't I hadn't seen the last one coming, which is like, and I am troubling others. So yeah, I was probably like, I am troubled and I make trouble. But I think at 14, you know, my empathy probably wasn't honed enough to realize. Like I knew I was hurting my mother. Like so I ran away from home and I was like 14 and and I knew that that hurt her. Mm-hmm. And in an effort to offset that, like I folded little notes that like when she turned after I left that when she turned off her bedroom light would fall down to say like, oh I'm OK God. and I'm making good decisions. Oh, my God. Um, That's extraordinary. To be but, to be that to be in both of those places at once, to make one of those mm-hmm. things, to make that big decision, but also do things because like my friends who ran away when I was a teenager, because mm. I, you know, I, I definitely had like some punk rock friends who like sure. needed to go live in Haight-Ashbury for a hot second until their parents found them and brought them back yes, or whatever. and brought them back. They Absolutely. were not in any way ever going to do anything to reassure their parents. Mm. Like they were mm. full force. Fuck you. Was that was part of it. OK. But the fact that you, you know what I mean? That's so I'm fascinated by that there was some part of you that still wanted to take care of her feelings, even as you did a thing. There that was you that knew I knew was, was like would fuck her big picture scary. Yeah. Yes. And I I wanted to I wanted to split the difference. I wanted the way through the middle that can't and doesn't exist for almost any kid at 14 is I wanted to leave and I want you to be happy, too. And so, yeah, I mean, I would call before I went to bed to say I'm OK and I'm making good choices. But, you know, she traced the call and I remember like I had, I had cut off all my hair in the Mississippi River, which runs through our town. And and I was dressing as a boy. And she put, this, so you stayed in Minneapolis. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this yeah, was brief. So it's not, you like, didn't. Yeah, you not, didn't. No. Yeah. I didn't like go starting. Like, brief, but this is dramatic. But I mean, dr- OK, you, you cut off your hair dressed as a boy. Come on. Brief, but dramatic. That's my shit. Like, that's my <laughs> that's still me. But, um, but she pushed by me looking for me. Like she pushed oh, past me to shit. get into the house where the call had come from, you know. Whoa, heavy. Um, Good disguise. Thank you. <laughs> so if anybody's looking for like a fifteen-year-old boy, I still have that Lakers cap. Holler at you, holler at your boy. Um, 
But yes, yeah, so I would say I would say I was sensitive, but it was it was like I think I was in my mid thirties, like after my first real meaningful, real long relationship. I don't I don't have kids, but after my first real meaningful, real long relationship ended or was just, you know, being electrocuted and just mm. experiencing an amount of pain that was new to me, maybe not in quality, but just in quantity. Mm. And on the edges of that feeling, thinking, oh, this must be closer. This must be approaching, you know, a magnitude that my mom felt like, yeah, like origami isn't going to do it for that. <sighs> do you know what I mean? It was just scale, yeah. like being yeah. off by several, several orders of magnitude yeah, yeah. about how much pain people who love one another can create when they're worried for the other's well-being. Oh, God, absolutely. And so so that 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 time in your life that does that does correspond to your parents splitting up. Yeah. So was it It that was kind of was that the sort of center point of things falling apart? I don't think so. But also I'm I'm you know. I'd be the first, well, I'd be the second to acknowledge that, like, not everybody's introspective analysis of their own life is going to be the most trustworthy. But, right. but no, I, I, at least I didn't associate those in my hmm. head. Um, it was kind of a, an, an, and it was, I guess it was actually, it was right after. It was right after they divorced. They announced the divorce. It was after I had come home. So, yes, the the unhappiness of the household probably did contribute, although I did not yet have knowledge of the divorce, so that in and of itself wasn't a factor. But yeah, yeah I was also just like, I think struggling pretty mightily, like being a a precocious kid with a mood disorder who was like, you know, a better talker than she was at getting a job. Um, so, you know, so the, the the fact that you can feel, um, you know, emotionally or or culturally like you're sort of ready to tentatively stand on two feet. That just doesn't happen to coincide with like economic self-sustenance for most of us. You know what I mean? For so, sure. For sure. Just that tension, I think. Yeah. What about when you? you hmm? uh, how dare you? At this 14. is you're, you're you're behaving like a true podcaster. It's infuriating. <laughs> everyone everyone listening to this is like, I am learning far more than about Janet after ten years of her having a podcast than I ever wanted. <laughs> no, I'm uh, no, I'm turning it back on you again. So where does school fit in? Like, did you go uh, to a public high school? Were you like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in school. Period. Right. That can't. I also don't want that. That is also a part of the life that I need to walk away from. I was like, I you need like, to still yeah. be valedictorian. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Was, I believe it. It was true. Yeah. So yeah, you knew that you were still. Important. So how does your mom not track mm-hmm. you down if you're like, please don't look for me, but I it will be in geography in fifth period. Okay. <laughs> I, I need this attendance credit. <laughs> don't trace the call. It's coming from inside the house. Yeah. 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 It was how grown up. There's a lot of grown up stuff going on for this for this precocious kid mm. who is trying to figure out where they fit. I mean, that's still it's just very. Like accountability, accountability. Maybe that was my most even in grown actions up. that maybe that was yeah. my most grown up. Moment. That's it. You peaked. Yeah, you. Peaked. Yeah, it's been all downhill. From, <laughs> from there. You but waited. I mean, you waited until the summer to run away, and then you're like, I'm on a t- I'm on a calendar here. I got to be settled in wherever I'm going to be. So I okay, but right now, right now, today or tomorrow, if you had to be in a home where you didn't get to pick the menu, you didn't get to decide yeah. what time you went to bed, yeah. and you were subject to the availability of somebody else's vehicle to get you out of the house like I would run away again yeah I would lose my mind right I, I mean it's just mind. it's just oh I can't remember what the quote was but it's I, I did like a, I did a podcast on like um the teenage brain and it was mm. just like um you know people that essentially it's like people that we deride as children and 
are horrified when they don't act like adults. Like the yeah. cultural role that we ask them to play is kids. And then when they don't act adult in every capacity, um, there are serious consequences and shame to face. Like it's, it's, a, right. it's a, that's a tough needle to thread. I think it's, it's a really, really weird time. It's just yeah. a super weird time. It's a super weird time to have accountability. It's a super weird time to, it's, it is, it's that era where it's that era in your life where people who are older than you have a pretty good idea of when and how they think certain important choices you're going to make should mm. or shouldn't be made at all. Um, and probably you're going to make all of those decisions before they want you to. And, you know, just all of that is so messy. It's so messy. I love it. And it also, I think it like pushes the limit of like how much learning can be done secondhand. Some can like don't touch the open yeah. fire. Okay. Right. I'm not going to touch the open fire, but like don't touch the emotionally broken boy. Like you're going to touch a few of those yeah. before your hand starts to recoil and be like the cost benefit yeah. analysis isn't there on this one. Like, yeah, yeah. Th there's only so many things that warning against works for, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think it's interesting because I, I think as I've gotten older and as stuff has started to sort of sometimes time feels like it's sort of folding back on itself. And, and there are things that you know, I sort of confuse about how old mm -hmm. I was when yeah. and all. And, and now I'm in the position where I feel that same like verbal vomit, like feeling compelled to tell someone younger, like, I, I, I just want to tell you not to do this or I just need to reassure you that this. And when you get to be my age, like all the things that s kind of meant nothing when they were being told to me that there's somehow like I, I want to I, I starting to feel like there is some kind of like time soup where mm. it still helps somehow, even if you don't know it's helping, that there's some sort of weird, <laughs> some, I've not thought this through at all in what I'm saying, but that there's some sort of weird cosmic, like, like I'm glad that people told me that, even though at the time I, I couldn't say that I, would, I felt like I listened, yeah. but I think I still heard. Like, I think mm. I could, I think I made a bunch of shitty choices, but I still am glad that there was some sort of weird net of reassurance underneath me, even if I yeah. like was trying to cut past it on my way down. Like I, I, so, so I think, or maybe I'm just like excusing myself for now doing that for younger people, but, and also you never know what person is going to push that button in the right way. Like if you happen to be that person for one young person who's like, oh, I really needed to hear that at that moment, or I would have gone and shot up for the first time. Yep. Like, isn't it worth it? You know, isn't it worth just putting it out there? Like, Hey, you know, I did this and I got through it, but I also didn't need to do it. I could have, I probably could have gone without it or whatever, you know, like it's going to be okay yeah. either way. I mean, sometimes I think that art can bypass the gate too. Like, yes, I, was, I, was I love like, that. You know, it's just like, there's a lot of people who, because I mean, teenagers, but maybe also just adults, like nobody loves somebody kind of sauntering in uninvited and telling you how to do your life better than you're doing it. Like that's just gonna at least at least maybe particularly in my case, but I'm I'm prideful enough that I think it's just crazy presumptive. I think that's an incredibly rude thing to do unless invited, um, yeah, or unless there's already a rapport. You know what I mean? Where someone yeah, sure. like you're close enough to somebody that that you have a relationship where they're gonna check you on your bullshit. But yeah. yesterday, watch I was watching that um, Joaquin Phoenix joint. Come on, come on. Have you seen that yet? Ooh, is that recent? It's recent. It doesn't matter. But it's like, it. um, no spoilers, but it's like there is a relationship in that movie um, that a woman has with somebody who's bipolar, right? There's no amount 
of conversation that I think would make me think harder about like what it means and how we all deal with mental illness in our lives and how it deals like to connect one's wagon to another person's star and what the open eyed, realistic commitments and compromises that we make are certainly yeah. not from like my aunt at Easter. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Certainly not that. And so, right. so yeah, I think in a lot of ways that art does it a, because we're not being lectured, but because it's also, I don't know, it makes, it makes the messenger as vulnerable as the listener, which is oh, how good that's communication wonderful. happens. You know? That's a great way of putting it. God damn, that's so good. Oh. And I and and it's and as you were saying, like as you are saying that, I'm sort of flashing back to your your music and your lyrics and stuff, and really feeling like I'm sure. I mean, that's that's got to be true for. I mean, mm. certainly it's true for me because I recognize myself in some of your lyrics, but. For somebody who is younger than I am, who has found you and feels seen, you know, in some way by what you share. I love the idea of the, the vulnerability of the artist being like, hey, this is a take it or leave it situation. Absolutely. I didn't find you. I didn't put you in a corner and yes. point my finger at you. I had to do this for me. And now you take it and have the experience you want with it. Make it as intimate or as impersonal as it as you want or as, you know, as pertains. But um, there is a permission there to let it in that's like entirely different. That feels human. That feels like that feels like an even exchange. Yes. Instead of somebody picking yes. a lock into your decision matrix. And oh, that's so good. I remember like I had this one trigonometry teacher. She was super fresh, corkscrew curls, like half blonde and at the end of the class, we got to ask her a question, maybe anonymously. Somebody asked, what's your biggest regret? And we were pretty young, I want to say, like probably 14, 15. And she she asked, she she closed the door before she answered. And she was like, I had sex too early. And Whoa, she told us a little right. bit about it. And she yeah. was like, and I, I really regret that. That hit so different. Than like abstinence is the only choice. Like, sure, oh, it fucked up my cool trade teacher for a couple of years, and this is how it changed how she thought about herself and how she thought about going. Yeah. Or just made it weird between somebody that she really freaking liked. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. That that for me was like a direct hit to the sternum, and not like a finger wagging in my peripheral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Look, it's a rough world out there, especially lately. I get it. So let's take care of our minds as best we can. I'm John Moe, host of Depression Mode with John Moe. Every week, I talk with comedians, actors, writers, musicians, doctors, therapists, and everyday folks about the obstacles that our world and our brains throw in front of us. Depression, anxiety, traumatic stress, all those mental health challenges that are way more common and more treatable than you might think. The first time I went to therapy, I was so ashamed, and I was like, I can't believe I gotta go into therapy. Like, I thought I could be a man, and Humphrey Bogart was never in therapy. And then my dad said, yeah, but he smoked a carton of cigarettes a day. Give your mind a break, give yourself a break, and join me for Depression Mode with John Moe. Oh my god, I've talked to you for so long. I, I gotta get into this MASH game. Oh god, um, that's wrong. I cannot. This will be fun because I can get into the more silly stuff via MASH since we were not grazing the surface of this conversation by any stretch of the imagination from from the jump. 
not surprised and very happy about that. So let's start. So let's get into our mash. Okay. So keeping in keeping with the, with what we were just talking about, the, the trig teacher at all, why don't you give me three people that you would love to have uh, as a sort of um, that that trig teacher now? And it can be, mm-hmm. you know, an artist, a writer, a family member, but somebody from any point in time that, you know, you have this relationship with where they're always happy to talk to you and they love hearing from you. And so it's not like you're like burdening someone, but mm. it is somebody with a little bit more experience in whatever thing you want to be like, can I just ask you something? Do you know mm. what I mean? I do. Is Three it somebody people, I know? It does not have to be anybody you know. You could tell me, you know, Mary Todd Lincoln. I'm not sure she was in a great space all the time. Uh, She's not maybe times. my pick, but yeah. But um, <laughs> okay. Um, I would say Curtis Sittenfeld, who's a writer. Sure. And I'm gonna say a philosopher. I'm gonna say her name is Martha Nussbaum, and then I'm gonna say, um, God, either like. A Susan Sarandon. Let's say Susan Sarandon. Oh, yeah. She seems so great. Okay. Awesome. All right. Next one. Let's do three musicians that you would love to collaborate with, living or dead. And it could be, when I say musician, I could mean a full band okay. or a composer or a rapper or, you know, mm. a singer-songwriter, whatever you want. Three. Okay, cool. I'm going to say um, Yo-Yo Ma. Great. And what the hell? Let's say Kendrick Lamar. Great. Oh, um, Paul Paul Simon Graceland era. Oh, yeah, great. Okay, it's very important that I add Graceland for myself. If you okay. don't mind, could you? Uh-huh. Okay. I do not mind. I do not mind. Uh, three foods that in this reality maybe you don't eat for like allergy reasons, or you wish you could still have a ton of sugar, but it makes you feel yes. sick now, yes. or gluten or steak harms the earth whatever in this yes. alternate universe those things are not a factor everything is is fine equal <sighs> and, and and you can have it at the snap of your fingers however much you want it's not the only thing you eat but you just have it whenever you want oh man okay i'm gonna say pralines from new orleans oh great from new orleans i'm gonna say sushi really good salmon sushi so salmon roe and I'm going to say, I'm such a sugar fiend. It's got to be another sugar joint. And I'm going to say penguins. It's a kind of chocolate. Penguins. What, what kind of chocolate is penguins? Why don't I know what penguins are? I, I, they're new to me, too. And I, I just fell. I fell f- flipper over beak for them. Do you know, like, um, <laughs> do you know, have you ever tried, like, those Australian joints, Tim Tams? Yes, I definitely know Tim Tams. Boom. Okay, it's like an English Tim Tam, but better. Okay. And like the same thing. Like so, it's a little rectangular um, chocolate, and if you mm-hmm. bite off opposing corners, just like Tim Tams, you yeah. can suck tea through it. Okay, this I'm, is good I'm to a know. Sucker for a gimmick too, you know. In in the UK, exactly. Okay, well, I'm gonna be there, so I gotta check out some. Wait, Penguin really? Stat. When are you going? Uh, end of May into beginning of June. Why are you going to be there? Maybe. That just made it was a lot more exciting than penguins. Okay, let's get a KIT <laughs> about that. Okay. Um, okay. Next category, let's do three movies that you can jump into and just be in that world. You're not reliving the plot. You're just like hmm. in the world with those people whenever you feel like it. Okay. This is kind of a tough one for me, but I'm going to say I really like how the world in Coco looked like the way that people talked oh, about yeah. Avatar looking Absolutely. just really beautiful. I would like to yes. be my animated me. Oh, absolutely. You could pick three cartoons for all I care. That's a great choice. Okay. And then um, 
I want like what are those like super cheesy high school dance competitions? I want to see that. Like shit. a step, step, step it up, step. step it up. One of those, any number behind it. I just want to like go to the dancings, you know? Great. And then, ooh, ooh, maybe just some like softcore porn vampire stuff, like of the um, <laughs> like the interview of the vampire era, that vibe, you know? <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, yeah, wonderful. And then next category, let's do three places in the world that you would love to have a second home, uh, and we'll sort of pretend we can teleport you there. Okay, so got it. So no, no logistical that. factors. No at play logistical here. fuck ups. Yeah, just easy peasy, teleport easy. Never said that before. <laughs> promise you, I'll never say it again. <laughs> do I promise? It could no, still come out someday. Yeah. But <laughs> um, Istanbul, great. Um, Puerto Rico, so I'll say San Juan, and. The third one, let's do mm, Barcelona. Okay, wonderful. All right, three people, I would say three souls. I, I want you to feel free to choose like a cartoon animal if you want, but three people uh, that it's mash, so we got to have some romance, some sexy times. Absolutely. Uh, any era, any character. Three people that I'm trying to ball? Any, just anything. That you're trying to ball. Three people you're trying to ball. Mm. Or it could be like, I'm going to pick two people I know I would want to ball. But if I end up with this person, I want you to know it's going to be like a, a cuddling relationship for the rest of our lives. No, I'm not like, going to do that. I'm going to say, um, <laughs> okay, I'm going to say Javier Bardem. the woman who wants to go into some softcore <laughs> porn. Uh, I'm trying to ball. Okay, great. Um, yeah. Let's Fantastic. do, okay, so Javier Bardem, Mahershala Ali. Yeah. And for the last one... Oh, God. So, okay. So, my, my teenage self would have been really like, she was so into like that Ethan Hawke kind of skinny, yeah. sad white boy thing. Uh-huh. But maybe there's a reason we move on. Like, it's just because we're used to seeing the Jesus crucifix above our thing. That was like our first sexual right. impression. Um, okay. So, for the third one, let's say Riz Ahmed. Oh, yeah. Ugh. That's a, that's a solid list. You have picked some of the best eyes in the business. Like, I'm not. To, I'm not like an I don't have like an eye mean? fetish, but you just happen to have picked like three gentlemen who like wow. there's a lot going on in their eyes. Do you know what I mean? There's just a lot going that. on. Yeah. It's I didn't very realize sexy. That I was an eye guy. But I'm <laughs> You're an eye, eye guy. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I'm glad that we were able to unpack that here on this podcast. I like to I like to give at least person one person the gift of a fetish once a yeah. year. So you. now now you know you have one. Yes. Speaking of. What about I? The, I trot this out sometimes. Sometimes it, it just feels like I'm telling, I'm asking the wrong person. I feel like you uh. might get into this in the same way I get into this, which is three like styles of dress or hair or makeup Ooh. that yeah. everything is the same level of comfortable. So if you want to be wearing a corset, oh. you know what I mean, or stilettos, yeah. or if you want to be wearing construction boots, or if you want to be wearing, I always bring this up because I, I guess I have a thing for this, like some sort of weird like breeches and boots soldier uniform from yeah. like the 1800s <laughs> i'm not sure what's going on there but um you get to like try them wear them have them uh and no one's gonna look at you askance it's like it fits Ooh. in everywhere and it's the same level of comfort you can just like go for it that's great and also it, i feel like and it doesn't get fucked up correct. that has to be part of it okay correct it's pristine Okay, so I feel like um, some really sculptural like hairdos, like really sculptural, interesting like yes. plated stuff with um, I like stuff with metal in it too, yes, like in your hair. Yes, yes. That's my shit. 
Um, and then I would say, yeah, like, oh God, if I could pull off like, um, like the super cinched, maybe just like just shy of being corseted, but like boned wasted stuff, a little bit of like period play, but not total steampunk or whatever. And to do it without straps, like I'm not, straplessness is not in my, in my life right now. And then I would say, um, anything white, if I could wear anything white and not fuck it up within the first 12 minutes. Oh my God. I can't, I can't. I know. I don't know I just how people bought, do it. I just bought a romper. It's white. I've got to pick my day. My only mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. with this romper. Yeah. Don't sit down no. anywhere without no. like bring like a doily. <laughs> no. I mean, there has to be like, yes. Don't eat anything with mustard. Yeah. I mean, I, there has to be like a seriously enforced yeah. social distancing, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Good luck. I Thanks. wish you all the best. I just looked over to see if anything white that I own has like held out. I have a white jacket, but it's like okay. cream. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's cream enough that it could, it's probably already really dirty, and I don't even know. And you it don't yet know because it. it's like it's off white enough. Yeah. Thank God. All right, final category. Let us do three. You're making this up. Why are you making it up? You don't I have mean, a list. No, I don't have a list. I'm. I, oh, I mean, I have regular stuff. Um, well, I have. I have regular. Like, I have things that I always like to ask. I always yeah. like to ask about the film, and, yep. and there's always romance and stuff, but. Then, I, but I also try to think of things that I think you will enjoy based on like what I know. But I'm surprised that you you're ending on the main one. I know. Well, or I'm like sifting through the you know files of yeah. like, okay, what do I think? You know, what would be what would be pleasurable for you? You know, I don't want to throw anything. I mean, I guess I I guess I'm sort of interested in like the, the kind of alternate career idea, Ooh. like like three things that you know. And again, we're really focusing on the upside, so I don't want you to like get mired in like how much yeah. in debt it would put you to open a flower shop or whatever. I like, see. I see. We're we're casting that stuff aside. Um, okay. Yeah, three alternate universe careers that you get to dabble in. See what you think. Definitely philosopher. Great. Definitely experimental scientist. In great. Um, like bi- biology, organic camera behavior science. And then I would say for the third, and we're just, okay, we're assuming that all the bad parts of this job are t- around. Okay. Correct. Like, it's got to be something in like, um, like candy food science, like designing candy. Great. Great. Oh, I love it. What do you think are the bad things? But I would be like I, I'd be dead. I mean, like uh, get high on your own supply all day. You know, I just I would have so many health problems. I just yeah, comatose uh, in a, in a like... hyperglucose state uh-huh. already. Yeah, yeah. I'm realizing now that it does. While I'm sure the level of like chemicals that went into the Jelly Belly era of the '80s. The idea of being like riding the wave of like, guys, I think we cracked toasted marshmallow. Oh Taste my this. God. Would be very satisfying. Because I feel like that was like the peak of what can we make jelly beans taste like? Let's try everything yeah. Yeah. and see where we get. That would be exciting. I would, would be excited to do that. It would. You know? Yeah. And getting the little like menu where it would be like... Ugh. You know, it'd be like, oh, I'm going to want to make a chocolate sundae, so I'm going to take, I'm supposed to take one chocolate pudding jelly belly, one cherry jelly belly, and one vanilla jelly belly. But even remember, like, like, like remember how there was, like, a, a period of candying where that was all about, like, sensory experiences on top of the candiness. So it was, like, gushers. Yes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you've hidden a tiny whirlpool in my candy in my mouth. And then, like, um, 
And then, oh, what Zots. That might be too much of a deep cut. But anything that you put in your mouth, Zots. like pop rocks. I mean, pop rocks, pop when rocks. I was really, really little, was like, that was scary. They were, I was scared of those. To speak of like being fearful, I definitely was like, uh, I don't trust this. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I, that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to pop my tongue off. All right. Uh, give me a number between one and seven. Six. Okay. I am going to do the magic that comes along with MASH and give you your 100% guaranteed MASH alternate universe. And while I do that, I would love for you to tell people all the places they can find you, what they should be listening to, where they should be seeing you if you are indeed are continuing on to some live dates in the near future, etc. Okay, I'm going to ready to start, but I can't believe how much I hope that Javier Bardem is part of my future like okay. even in this. OK, so um, when I'm not in my closet, <laughs> please don't please don't try to tr- don't try to sway. Don't try to sway me. I can't I can't be bribed. <laughs> can't you? <laughs> Just a fraction of a Bitcoin is there in the chat for you in the Zoom call. Um, OK, so when I'm not in my closet, I am online at Dessa on Instagram and at Dessa Darling on the bird and the book. And I am just wrapping up a tour but starting a new one later this year in 2022 so i'll be hitting a lot of u.s dates and um yeah and if people want to like check out the music and see if they dig it i'm on most social streaming sites at just d-e-s-s-a all right uh i am very pleased with these results uh i think you will feel the same first of all i want to congratulate you on your mansion in barcelona must be nice beautiful beautiful mansion in barcelona uh, I don't know what the New Orleans uh, praline or praline or praline. I don't know what that contingency is like. I don't know what the availability is. I do know for you personally, yeah. you can have them whenever, wherever, snap of your fingers, much as you want, zero ramifications. Oh, so good. Um, so this is sounding like a resplendent lifestyle if you want it. You can also jump into Coco. Yes. Whenever you want, okay. if yes. you want to have that kind Absolutely. of aesthetic and joy uh, that you'll get inside of that beautifully rendered film, you can always, if you're if you're sort of like, hmm, what do I do? You know, I'm going to be collaborating with Yo-Yo Ma on something. <laughs> I just wondering if I should approach it this way or this way, or you know, what I want to write something that feels right for him. You can always talk to Curtis Sittenfeld. About oh my god, it. Um, she is there for you and loves to gab. With it is it, uh, so that has happened. I am very excited. Now this makes sense to me. This idea of you being a philosopher who wears a lot of white <laughs> it, in Barcelona—it's a conceptual I mean, thing. I mean, it really works yeah. for me. It really works for me. And you know who? Who am I doing that with? And you know who? who I, I feel I can very easily imagine you. And this could go for any of them. So it's a bit of torture. But, uh, you know, walking in Barcelona, you're wearing white. Maybe he's also in some sort of smart white linen, crisp yet comfortable, good for any temperature. Um, You know, it helps. I will say it helps that if you speak the language. That's right. Does you that possibly mean? Yes. <laughs> I, have no idea. I have no idea what selection criterion is happening out of frame. I'll just say thank you. I don't want to. I don't want to audit it. It's right. It all came together as it should, up to and including the fact that I can't believe that you got Barcelona, Javier Bardem, those two things side by side. That's and Coco. And then, We're really and loving Co- and Coco. Like, uh, yes. Yeah. 
Oh, wonderful, wonderful. It's a beautiful Latin world. I absolutely love it. And I am so glad that we got to do this. Boy, I wish that you were in my regular rotation of life um, and that we live in the same place and stuff. I hope that we... Can Maybe see London. Each other in person soon. Maybe later. we'll have London and eat some penguins. Oh my God! I'm gonna eat some penguins. I'll tell you what else. I'm gonna go to the. Have you been to Sleep No More? Yeah. In so they have a new that company Punch Drunk just opened a new experience and Do it's you know, in London. What, yeah. What is it? Is it's it called the, same the Burnt McKitchen City. Kind of? It's called the the Burnt City. So it's not. It's a totally new, different oh. thing. Like is a it, whole new thing. Is it in a different building than their stuff usually is? Well, it's in London. So it's like, I mean, I don't know. Oh, I, and I've never seen anything of theirs in London before. So I don't know where they usually are, but it is definitely, I think it is. I think everything is about it is like completely brand new. So Burnt City. we could discuss said? it offline. And yeah. That sounds so exciting. Yeah. I, right. I just, big, big fan. I know everybody is, but I shouldn't say everybody. A lot of people, a lot of, lot of people still have absolutely no idea what you're talking about when you talk about Sleep No More. Like that's. It's one of those things that I feel like everyone I know who knows it knows it really well and has been there uh, like four times or uh, did it once and can't and can't let go of that experience because it was so phenomenal. And then everyone else I know has never heard of it. Like there's not a whole I haven't uh, I haven't experienced a whole lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, I've heard about that. I know all about it, but I've just never been like that. I never is it like I know tons it, of people have never heard of it. Like you live in a, in a universe that's full of more like performance artists than I do, I think slightly like do most performance artist friends know about it? I would say it's 50-50. No shit. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. that makes you feel yeah, cool. Yeah, it's wild. Though. Yeah. Oh, you're very cool. <laughs> awesome. Shake those shoulders. You're very Shake cool. Those Shake those shoulders. I can't leave uh, hurt so much. Um, oh, no. I know. Yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's the shoulders earned. of my mind. It's earned. Your shoulders of your mind are shimmering and shivying. Nope. Not expression. Um, uh, th- this has been great. You're amazing. Thank you so much for having uh, me. Yeah. I had a couple of friends say, please come back from the Joko Cruise uh, Best Friends with Dessa because they, they love you so much. And I said, I'll do my best. And my manager's while kids. While I would never claim to be your best friend, I do feel that you're my friend. Um, it was like after working with my manager for many, many years and she like works with, I don't know, do, do you know who Run the Jewels is? Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. She, she works with all these really rad artists. And the things that her kids have been most impressed by was that I, that she worked with someone who was on a boat with you. Oh, <laughs> man! So, yeah. I love the I love fan crossovers. Uh, yeah, we're one big happy family. It's great. Yeah, totally. It's well, great. thank you so much for the time. All right, lady. Thank you. Have fun in the UK. Everybody else, I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. The show is produced by Julian Burrell and Christian Duenas. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.